Welcome to an all new episode of Faux Real, everyone. Guys, we have a new president! Yeah, buddy! We have a sane president and our country's first ever female black VP. Guys, I'm singing it because I'm so freaking happy. You have no idea. I'm not gonna, you know, I, I don't get political generally on this show, but damn it, I'm happy. <laughs> so freaking happy. Oh my God. On this episode, I'm super stoked to have Zara Berry, who is uh, just a freaking delight. She's the executive editor of Go Magazine, former, former senior sex and dating writer for Elite Daily. She's also the author of the book, Girl, Stop Passing Out in Your Makeup, which is available now everywhere you find books. You can find it on Amazon and her official site. She's going to send me a copy, and I can't wait to read it. And uh, we get into all sorts of things. We talk about uh, relationships and sexuality, and um, uh, we uh, we just we we dish on some good things. It was a real pleasure to have her on. I can't wait for you to hear the conversation. As always, at this point, I do want to point you towards the Patreon for this show, which is not getting a lot of love, and I'm really sad about it, guys. Listen, I. I always tell you this, and I always mean it. I love, love, love bringing you this show. I love doing these episodes for you and bringing on these awesome guests and and, and sharing our conversations. But uh, this show is not going to be able to exist any longer if I don't start getting some financial help. And I would really love your assistance. So please check out the Patreon. It's just patreon.com forward slash faux real. There's no pod on this one, unlike the social media. It's just faux real, F-A-U-X-R-E-A-L. And uh, for just a few bucks, you can get some exclusive and unique incentives, including uh, um, prior access to suggesting upcoming guests, to video footage and some cool social media stuff, including shout-outs. You can uh, have your own appearance on the show. Send me voice memos. Listen, interact with it any way you can. I would love it. Drop into my DMs across social media, all at Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You guys know where to find me and what to do. But, as I always say... Without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Zara Berry. It still obviously is not going to go down until we fully know, but I just, the Michigan, getting Michigan is a really good thing. Yes. Absolutely. So I just want, I just want to, I just want to get him out of office. You know, I know it's disappointing. (laughs) Like it wasn't as easy as people thought, but like, I don't care at this point. I just want him out of office. We'll deal with all everything else afterwards. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Just get him the hell out. That's just, (laughs) you know, get the giant metal hook and pull him the fuck off stage. This is pull him the fuck off stage. How are you? How are you doing? Uh, I don't, I don't know, Zara. I don't know. I, I feel you. 
I, I, uh, I probably need a drink myself. I don't know. I'll do that. Five o'clock on the dot. Uh, I mean, so. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I slept till about an hour ago. Oh, lucky you. That's I haven't it. been up long. I, I went to bed last night. I was just you know, everything was exhausted. Uh, it was mental exhaustion, heart exhaustion, soul exhaustion. And All I was right. just like, I'm, I'm done. I gotta, I gotta, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens tomorrow, I suppose. Right. Uh, and uh, uh, I, I, knowing myself, cause I, I'm an athletic sleeper, I set the alarm for 1.30. I'm like, that's, that's the absolute definitive right. cutoff. I gotta, you know, that's as long as I can let myself go. Um, and then of course I slept till one. So feeling good now. <laughs> I mean, I can I'd say like sleep through the trauma if you can. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's a great tactic, I think. Right. So you're feeling all right. Um, you, I, I don't, I just don't know where to begin with you. Um, you're the, you're a legendary multi-hyphenate. Uh, executive editor of Go Magazine, former senior editor and dating writer for Elite Daily. Um, you're a writer, an author, a lifestyle com columnist. Um, <laughs> first, I want to talk about your book, which I wish I would have read. I was going to try to to get a copy before we we went rolling with this, and it didn't no happen. No worries, I'll send you one. Great, I'd love to read it. <laughs> so tell me all about that. Tell me how it how it came together. Sort of what. Uh, what pieces of your soul you you were able to put into it? Tell me everything. Okay, so well, I would say my my entire soul thus far is into it. Though since it's been published, new parts of my soul have emerged that will go into the next book. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've been writing on the internet since I was eighteen. I don't know if you're familiar with this. There used to be this social media site called Live Journal. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so live journal was my thing in high school. I was like the queen of live journal. I would write these long winded pieces, all about everything I was going through as a teenager, whether it was like sexuality, drugs, you know, friendship fights, heartbreak. I just went for it and I loved doing it so much. And at that stage, it's like, I was like dial up, you know, we were using dial up. Our parents didn't really know what like Google or like any of that was. So we never had to worry about them finding it. So all the teenagers, unlike, you know, the more curated days of Instagram and TikTok, teenagers were just really forthcoming in it. And I never thought, okay, you know, I've got this big following on LiveJournal. I'm 16 years old. Maybe I should think to be a writer. I didn't ever think that because I thought that in order to be a writer, you had to be really academic. And I was a terrible student. Um, I barely graduated. I ended up graduating from like a alternative school that like, I don't even know if one day I'm probably gonna find out my diploma is like a fraud. <laughs> um, so I, I, um, I was always really into acting. So I, I pursued that and performing and things like that. And then I had a horrible breakup in my 20s and I was like what did I do to with all these feelings when I was younger before I had like drugs or alcohol to soften the burn and I was like you know what I used to put all these feelings into writing so on a whim I started a blog I wrote in it every day and then within six months of starting the blog I got a job as a senior writer for the website Elite Daily 
It was very magical, didn't expect it to happen, didn't know what the hell I was doing. But um, it was there that, you know, I started to move away from the style of the internet it was very listical and fun. And I love doing that. I love writing comedy stuff. That's my favorite stuff to write. But I also began to put like a lot of personal content out there. It was almost like a, a live journal, but like adult style. And um, it really seemed to land with people. And from there, I kind of built my following. And then I got to a place where I'm like, you know, I really, this is my favorite thing in the world to do. And I want to write books. So I wrote my first book proposal. Um, I signed with the CAA. I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. First book proposal rejected 32 times by every, you know, top editor at every big publishing house that works in my demographic, heard all the painful things, but I think because of my acting background, I'm like, oh yeah, you're gonna punch me, knock me out, tell me I'm like, to this, to that, like, what do you do? You just keep going, you keep auditioning. It's the only way to survive. So I think I had a resilience in me um, that I'm noticing a lot of my, my writer friends don't quite have that like they're not as used to the abuse as like actors are you know so um I let myself you know have my cry and then I was sitting on a plane and I was reading this book that my agent had told me to read called Girl Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis he's like you know you're very different but this is the number one New York Times bestseller it's been on the charts for forever just check it out so I read it and I liked it and I, but I thought to myself, I wish there was a book like this for girls, like the girls I know, you know, Rachel Hollis is a mom, she's a Christian. It's very, her, her content is very focused around being a mom, knowing you're made for more. And I think that that's such an important voice to have, but I thought like, what about girls who have this incredible fire inside of them but they haven't learned what to do with it. So they, you know, the party girl who doesn't know what to do with all her ideas and her creativity. And I think that creativity that's dormant and talent that's dormant can lead you into being self-destructive. So what about the girl that like, not only has to wash her face, but has to stop passing out in her makeup. And I mean that literally, and you know, also metaphorically because like what's underneath the makeup, like all the trauma, so many party girls have so much trauma and the reason they're so drawn to the glitter of the party is because they're trying to mask very real pain and traumas that they've experienced. So like, let's see what's underneath the makeup. Let's let the wound heal and let's also dare to see it as beautiful. So wrote a book proposal in about a weekend for Girl Stop Passing Out Your Makeup. And you know, it, it, it got sold like within a month. So um, that's how that's how Girls Stop Passing Out Your Makeup. The Bad Girl's Guide to Getting Your Shit Together is the full title. So that's my very long-winded answer. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for sharing all that. That's, that's really incredible. And very cool that you had all of the elements of it going in. You know, you didn't just have one, uh, you know, writing background. You also had the the acting background and going through all of that trauma. I know that very well. I'm an actor, yeah, right? Um, you know, and it, it's just, it's such a slog. And uh, I obviously having, having that pain, you know, trailing behind you uh, helped to infuse the book. I, I can't wait to read it. That sounds absolutely Thank incredible. You. I've dated some party girls myself and okay. 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was your experience like Fun in times. that? Fun times. Fun yeah. times. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like I feel like I always have this. I always say to people, "Oh, you know, it was so fun when I was, you know, just young and, and carefree and partying and doing drugs." Said no party girl ever. Like it's like no. I had traumas. I had to deal with addiction. I had to go to therapy. I had sex. It's like. Like party girls are actually quite a complicated breed, real party girls, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, uh, well, I'm a little bit of a party girl myself. I think we all are. You know? I, we've, all got, we've all got those things going on, you know, and we, right. we all have our, our addictions and our um, uh, predilections, you know, uh, and it's really helpful to have those resources to work through them, you know, right. um, because I've, um, do you see a therapist? I'm sorry. Oh, that, hell yes. <laughs> There's no, no, no topic is off limits with me, by the way. I, okay. I've written about the most like lewd experiences of my life on the internet now for like, since again, I was 18 and I'm in my thirties. So there is no, there's, I'm not embarrassed to talk about anything, but of course I love my therapist. What about you? I'm looking for a new one. Okay. Um, I've, I've run the gamut. I've seen every kind of, you know, uh, therapist and counselor and mental health professional. And, you know, it, it's so hard to find somebody who it, it's really trying to find a romantic partner. They're really on the same oh, yeah. kind of level because you have to find somebody that's, that's gonna, that's gonna be there for you as much as they professionally can be and listen to uh, all your ridiculousness and your life trauma and you know not jump out a window <laughs> no it's so yeah. true i have actually there's a chapter in my book about how to vet a therapist and it goes through like sort because i've i've gone through the, the the emotional gamut of you know you're so right it is it is like dating and sometimes you also find the right the perfect therapist and then the therapist is out of your price range i mean that happened to me where right i saw this one woman I was dating this really wealthy, older Italian woman. And she was like, I was having a bit of a breakdown. And she was like, I'll see my therapist. She's amazing. I had the best session of my life. And then afterwards, she's like, that'll be $600. And I was like, right. I, just, I mean, now I can't afford that. But then it was like, I think I maybe had negative $20 in my bank account. Right. You know, so it's like, it's very, very complicated. And it's hard. It's just, yeah, I have one now that I'm like, I will never let go of her. Like I will be with her. Like she would have to, I don't know, die for me to let, let her leave me. You know? You're going to uh, <laughs> assign her as your, as your Facebook beneficiary. A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm, I'm having the worst time, um, especially so you know, uh, since we've all been, going through this thing for the last seven, eight months. Uh, time right. is irrelevant, but uh, you know, it's just, I, I haven't I haven't been looking uh, as much as I should be. And then uh, very recently, uh, well, uh, what, what has helped a lot is that uh, very recently I started dating someone, which I am still pinching myself to believe that it actually happened during the pandemic. We met on a we met on a dating app. She lives in Chile. Um, she just 
I just took her back to the airport uh, a couple days ago. She was here for a couple weeks and um, was uh, the absolute time of my life. So that's that's definitely helped. That first time, have you had you guys met in person before? No, nope, first time. Oh my God, that is, I chills. That is like- Isn't it? Love in, the, love in the age of COVID. I mean, that's beautiful. It's all, it's all the things. It's every miracle wrapped into one giant, you know, ball of joy because we we insanely met on uh on tinder i will share with you. my wife on tinder fantastic yeah i'm a big fan of it tinder. does happen <laughs> absolutely happens and she actually didn't have a photo on her tinder profile it okay. was flowers and listen i i'm i live for danger I like taking chances. I, you know, I wasn't, I, I'm not a, I'm not a just, you know, machine gun swiper or anything like that. But, uh, but she had a cool bio. I was like, well, you know, take that chance. And boy, did it ever work out. And uh, we had, you know, every LA adventure that we could while she was here. We, um, we went to the zoo, we went to the Huntington, we, tooled around Hollywood and Highland, that whole thing. Right. Um, <laughs> got uh, talked into, uh, you know, spending $10 to get a picture with Spider-Man. The, the, the whole LA experience. Right, right. So, it was really good. Oh, well that's, I mean, honestly, I needed to hear that today. It's been such a heavy day, you know, with the news. For all of us. And <laughs> It's, you know, it's just been, it's, a, it's such a heavy time in the world that hearing like a love story, and it, I believe in the Tinder love so much. I, again, met my wife on Tinder and, you know, I, yeah. So and, and people are always surprised by that, but I'm like, that's how you do it these days. I'm not, are you the type of person who, I don't meet people at bars usually. Like, nope. I'm not, I don't thrive in a bar setting. I'm like, I'm good at like this or like a, uh, like I always say, like I thrive in like a book club, not the club, which probably sounds weird for a party girl, but that's why I drank so much at clubs is because I never fit in, you know, so. Right. Oh man, we went to the last bookstore. Listen, that oh. that entire place is mm -hmm. is just like walking into uh, Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory for me. I I mean, I can, I could just live there if they, if they had let me put a cot in the back. It's an amazing place. We spent hours there and um uh i mean she got as she just she got just as much enjoyment out of it as as i did i i love those kind of places and i'm definitely not a bar guy either i really i can't hang out too long at those places because i'm hyper allergic to tobacco smoke and Ugh. you know smoke always follows bars and you know um yeah it's it's gross i <clears throat> i i'd much rather just have this this sort of virtual face-to-face -face, you know and right. really get to know a person that way and of course you know with technology uh she and i have we we shared each other's lives every every kind of way except literally being physically together and uh and then we were and it was uh it's really magical Oh, are you feeling lovesick a little? Like, I, I, I still, that you're like, when you, I just, I know that feeling when you meet someone and you have such incredible chemistry and then you have to separate and you just feel like you can't focus, you know, on anything. It's like, yes, 
talking to my friend about it the other day because she's going through something similar. And I was like, can you just not focus on anything? She's like, I can't focus on anything. Aww. You know, it's been so fun. It's such a, it's a great feeling. It's the most alive you ever feel. You're absolutely 100% correct. I, I, I'm still, I'm covered in a blanket of butterflies. Just every moment, every time I think about her and, you know, uh, being at our great distance, we mainly communicate through voice memos. And it's, just, you know, every time I hear my phone ding, I'm like, oh, there's, right. there she is, you know, and it's just, it's really powerful. It's really great. Right. You know, it's interesting because I used to be a, a sex and dating writer. So I've spoken to so many experts and I still write a lot of that kind of content, given so much advice, I've received so much advice. But I really think that this time in the world, it's actually been bizarrely a good time to meet people because it's like we, we've lost all of like all the shit that we come to rely on to sort of numb ourselves from who we really are, which like, you know, I live in New York City. It's a very fast paced life. It's like subway, rushing into work, distraction, drinks with the girls, this, that, you know, in bed, up early, the gym. So all of that being taken away from you, it's like forced so many people to just get to know themselves. Mm -hmm. And also it's never been more apparent to everyone what matters. And it's like this layer of bullshit that we normally have because we've got all these extra things surrounding us, distracting us. We don't have them. So we're only stuck with our realest self and we're able to see like what our morals really are and like what we really want. And I, I have so many friends that are like leaving jobs or rethinking their career, rethinking their relationship, finding love. And you're meeting people that like, people are kind of in, a, everyone's kind of in a deep place. And I think that that's an exciting time. It's a less shallow time to meet someone, if that makes sense. It absolutely does. I think. A lot of us are having, uh, are being forced upon our anagnorisis, finding our 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 deep mental center and our soul center, uh, because we're 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 all here in our houses, you know. And there's there's only so many episodes of Sex in the City and you know the right. good place before we we have to internalize and come back to ourselves. And I've been doing a lot of writing. I've been coming up with a lot of you know, uh, pilot ideas and book ideas and just, uh, um, I, it, it has, it has been great for those aspects because I'm, I'm really, I'm getting, I'm finally getting my thoughts down on pages and in places that, that I need to get them to present to the world right. <laughs> instead of just you know, trying to keep them all in my mind space, which is, you know, it gets cluttered. Right. Yeah. It's been interesting because I was so nervous about launching my book. My book came out May 19th and we had a whole plan. I do, I run a literary salon in New York um, in partnership with Samsung. And I was really, you know, I, I love performing. I love reading my work out loud. I love producing with other writers. It was this monthly thing. And I was really the most excited about doing readings and going on a book tour. And, you know, I, I didn't get to do that, but what the silver lining has been, I think that people are really hungry to feel connected because there is a disconnect. So they are turning to things like art. Like imagine surviving this entire thing without the arts, like without comedy, without books, without, it, it would be impossible. So it's like people are starting to value 
Whereas I think creative people are so often overlooked in the culture and people think we just like sit around and color all day. People I think are starting to really like, right, exactly. We like roll around on the ground. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. Um, I do that sometimes. I was going to say, I mean, I did like, I did go to school for acting um, and I would say the majority of that time was spent like rolling around on the ground and like pretending to be a tree. But besides that, it's other people don't, outside of our world, people don't have to know that. But uh yeah, people really value and, and what, who we are. And I think that's also just been nice, you know, different, new. Absolutely, for sure. Um, and I've made, I've made a lot of great new connections too over these past few months um, and uh, swiped a lot of connections under the floor, uh, finding out how they really feel about a lot of things, especially right. the political spectrum. Ooh. So. Oh my God. <laughs> right. You mean like seeing people that you know, like Listen, on Facebook? I have family members and I, oh, I, this yeah. is really sad. And I, <laughs> this is really sad to say out loud, but I, I just had to remove my aunt from my Facebook friends because <sighs> listen, I, I just, I can't, I, I don't mean to be, uh, that seems really dark, <laughs> but. No, I moved I two uncles. She, she was just, there, there are so many dark things, uh, you know, coming from the White House right now. And, uh, you know, we have enough to deal with. I have enough to deal with. Right. Um, and I, I just can't, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to see that kind of stuff floating by me on my Facebook wall. I, I just don't, I want to see it. So. My therapist described it, it's like an assault. Like it feels like an assault. When yes. you just log on to Facebook and you're bombarded with like hate, like hateful vitriol, like it really does feel like an, like an assault on your soul. And I'd like to protect myself from protect my soul from being assaulted. And if that means removing people, remove them. You know, it's a it's a great form of self care. That block button. <laughs> Absolutely, I I agree, uh, and it's. Uh... You know, I hate doing that sometimes, especially and specifically for family members, but it is a necessary protection tactic sometimes. Right, right. So, um, I saw, um, this is on Elite Daily, I believe, that um, you've been referred to as a mascara lesbian, just uh, if you yeah. don't mind. Saying a few words about that, I'm curious. Absolutely, and I'm very mascara lesbian right now. Um, I really <laughs> caked on. I think when I have anxiety, I, I cake on. I, my my wife always says I come out like she knows I'm anxious at a party because I'll go to the bathroom and touch up my makeup, and by the time we leave, I'm full drag. Um, and so today, with the anxiety of the election, I was like, another coat of mascara, another coat of mascara. But um, I came up with mascara lesbian because I don't know how familiar you are with lesbian lingo but people say not at all lesbian. oh okay well i might as well have a phd <laughs> in lesbian lingo at this point right. um, but people used to always refer to me as a lipstick lesbian and it never sat well with me i'm just like i don't know i'm not really that into lipstick i don't know it just didn't sit well and then this fabulous gay boy once said you're not a lipstick lesbian you're a mascara lesbian and i was like I am. And if I had to really, and I, and I wrote about it and all these 
mascara lesbians who didn't know they were mascara lesbians came out of the woodwork and they're like, thank you. You helped me with my identity. And I tried to analyze what the difference is because both a mascara lesbian and a lipstick lesbian is very feminine looking to, mm -hmm. the, to, the, to the naked eye. Um, you know, people say there's a butch lesbian and there's a lipstick lesbian and there's definitely a million shades in between both, but more old school ways you'd say that. So I think a mascara lesbian is just a sluttier version of a lipstick lesbian. Okay. If you if you're um, slutty, which I I say is a positive thing, um, I've reclaimed that word a long time ago. You're you're constantly like when I was single, I was constantly looking for someone to make out with. So I didn't wear bright red lipstick because when a girl, especially when two girls make out and they're wearing lipstick, it's like a horror scene. Like it's like red everywhere. It's children run in the street away from you when they see you so i think it's a girl who plays up the eyes so she doesn't mess up her lipstick when she kisses <laughs> that's beautiful thank you thank you poetry yes. everything okay <laughs> i i i mean i i've heard you know lipstick lesbian i really know uh, what that right, is right. cool um if you don't mind uh me remarking on your network your necklace that's that's really cool all the little oh thank you thank you yeah very i feel like this is a mascara it's it's a handcuff necklace and it's i feel like you know mascara lesbian like i said it's a sluttier lipstick lesbian you're gonna wear a handcuff necklace very much a presentation of you very right <laughs> thank you um so you've written <clears throat> excuse me oh my god it's okay i need i need a giant bottle of water and my coffee i'm i'm not even close to together today and we're already halfway through the day <laughs> I, I, I hear you i hear you i've been a, a hot mess today just with everything happening so i think today is the day to just let the messiness out everyone you know i'm not doing a damn thing after this right. the rest of the day i'm i'm gonna go have my coffee and then I'm just I'm gonna watch Star Trek Discovery and uh, catch up on my game shows. That's that's gonna be the rest of the day, and then I'm going. Right. Like, does, does LA? I'm curious. Um, does it have a frenetic energy in the air? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. It. Um, I love that frenetic energy. I always have. Right. I moved here a couple times before actually moving here, and uh, I. I love the flow of the city. I love there being all sorts of different parts. I love it being spread out. Uh, I'm one of the <laughs> really crazy ones that doesn't have a car here. For the first two oh, years wow. I was here, I took Metro exclusively, which almost killed me. Honestly, it was the worst thing. I, I would never wish it on my worst enemy because it was absolutely terrible. The train is okay most of the time, but the buses are an absolute joke because they, not one line ever runs on time. One time I was uh, working on set and I had made a deal with this dude to give me a ride home. He ditched out on me. So I was stranded somewhere in Sun Valley in the middle of the morning and I'm like, you know what? Eventually I'll find a bus line, I guess. So I just started walking. I probably walked, I don't know, two and a half miles before I got to a bus stop and then had to wait another 45 minutes anyway. Uh, so life was definitely much more difficult before Uber and Lyft were around. Right. 
but um, I my neighborhood is pretty great. I live in North Hollywood, so yes, I, I used to be in LA. I used to live in LA, so I'm quite familiar. But um, yeah, I find that I because I, I I write New York right now has this very frenetic energy. I think especially because of everything going on. And I can imagine that that might even be more intense in LA because you guys, LA is, I mean, probably this similar intensity, but I just always think of LA as this place where so many people move to, to escape the rhetoric of their small towns. So people are very passionately liberal and they are in New York City as well, outside of New York City. And even in some of the boroughs, it's not as much, but in Manhattan, it's very much that way. It's like people from all over the world that that moved here because it's so open. So we're, we're passionately liberal and we take to heart, you know, racism and homophobia and all this stuff that, you know, and I, and during this political time of unrest, you could just feel this tension. I feel in the elevator of my building. I feel it in the boat. It's just so interesting. It's so powerful. And you're right on it with, uh, <laughs> with my being from a small town. I definitely am. Right. And it, uh, Growing up there put a, quite a stranglehold on every part of me and I I tried to get out for a long time and it just kept pulling me back like you know some uh, you know tentacle monster <laughs> it's just right, right. and um, you know it's it's just suffocatingly conservative and um, I couldn't I couldn't take it so right. I'm for eight years going on nine. Oh, cool. I'll never be anywhere else if I can absolutely help it. I, right. I love it here, love everything about it. Um, especially as an actor being, you know, all the studios are here and I've been presented the argument that, well, you can, you know, get a lot of work in Atlanta and you can get a lot of work in Nashville and so on. And I'm like, yeah, but all of the casting offices are here. All the studios right. are here, you know? Um, so this is definitely where I need to be. Right. Awesome. What do you want to create next? That's a great question. Um, I'm in the process of, and I know this sounds painfully cliche. It's my, it's my second um, iteration of podcasting, but I'm in the process with my creative partner and best friend. Her name is Dana Troisi. She's an incredible writer. Um, we are in the process of putting together a podcast about mental health, but it's gonna be very, it's not gonna be necessarily like didactic advice and we're not bringing in experts. It's more of like a real, like I think right now, one thing I love is audiences are really craving real shit. Like, I've never seen an audience more annoyed by influencers telling you to meditate in the morning in their $300 leggings in their giant mansions. Like everyone's just like, fuck off, you know? We are hungry for real shit. So we're gonna talk about everything from antidepressants, side effects of antidepressants, the funny parts of mental illness, how we both are really doing, the real sort of talk of, of mental illness. because. And that's something I really do dive into in my writing and in my book, because I find a lot of mental health content to be just really surface. And you can meditate. I do all those things. I meditate. I take cold showers. I rub my feet in the grass. I move my body. I do all those things. 
but until you're willing to look your trauma in the eye or look your eating disorder in the eye or your struggle with OCD in the eye or face like the issues you have with your parents or some deep rooted pain inside of you that feels like it's eating you alive until you look the monster like that in the eye, you can meditate all, you can go in as many juice cleanses as you want, but it's not going to work. Those things are essentially, they're, they're, they're tools to help, but in a lot of ways, they're like band-aids and you need to look the wound in the eye. So she is kind of, she writes a lot about this stuff as well. So we really are excited. I'm actually, we're going to Long Island for the weekend. We're bringing our microphones. We're going to go inside of her closet and we are just going to spill the mental illness tea. So that's my next thing I'm really excited about. And then of course, my next book is, um, I'm working on the proposal now. So I would like to really get that out quickly. I wrote my first book in five weeks. I'm very, um, if I, I don't take a long time with creative projects. I believe very much in getting them out of you. Don't overthink them, go with your gut. And I, I don't know how people spend a year writing a book. I, 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 if I had a year deadline, I probably would have written it in the last six weeks. It's just, I'm, I'm ADD. So what really sort of focuses that ADD is like a tight deadline. So I'll give myself like, you know, five weeks and then that's all I do for five weeks. So yeah, th those are my, my things right now. That's incredible. I can't wait to listen to that podcast. It's Thank you. I, I need uh, help with everything you mentioned and I <laughs> yeah. everything you just mentioned. Uh, and it's, it's really, um, I listen to, ugh, I listen to podcasts all day long, almost every day what when I'm thinking? not watching Star Trek Discovery. Uh, <laughs> so I, and I absorb all of that. I love, you know, the, the, the comedy podcasts and uh, the true crime podcasts, but uh, right. especially the mental health, health podcast because uh, it's free. And uh, <laughs> while, I'm, it while I'm on my journey to find a new therapist, uh, it's my new therapist, so. Absolutely. I think podcasts have helped me almost as much as my therapists have. I mean, it's incredible that we have these, these free resources and they, they do, and, and each podcast gives you something different. You have the ones that do bring in your, your experts and your medical people. And then you have others that just make you feel less alone. And that to me is the real power in all of in podcasts is like that feeling like you feel like you're with friends and that sounds dark and maybe it is but god damn it people need to feel connected right now and if that's through a podcast like I feel more intimately close with some podcasters I've never met than I do with like friends because I know all about their lives and they it's a vulnerable relationship just like I feel closer to my readers than I do with some people I know in real life they know me on this whole other level so it's it's really cool it really, I listen to them all day long too. <laughs> I really enjoyed researching you and uh, watching a lot of your videos and oh, reading your you. writings. And um, you, you really, um, you, you have a, a unique and um, really joyfully powerful way of you know presenting yourself and what you've gone through and your journey, and uh, it's really fascinating. So I appreciate that. Well, tell me what did, what are you, what's your next? I love to hear creative people wax poetic about what they're working on. Thank you so much for asking. Um, I'm, 
I just, I have an entire list of things. Right. And I'm, I'm really just trying to check boxes at this point. I'm working on uh, a few different pilots and um, I'm also creating a package to submit to Saturday Night Live um, for next season or whenever. I don't know. I, I have, it's one of those dreams that I've always had. And so I'm projecting myself towards it as much as I possibly can. And, um, Hell yes. you know, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm writing some comedy bits uh, for uh, hopeful stand-up gigs and I'm, I'm gonna, uh, I'm really, I've been trying to propel myself uh, into the, the Zoom comedy shows. I've been doing some of those. I'm really trying to push myself to do a lot more of those so I can get back on stage as soon as humanly possible because that's, oh, that's where my, my heart is. That's, that's where my blood is. And, right. um, yeah. That, that's it. Just just trying. I, I'm continually trying to kick open all the doors I possibly can in right. all of the different realms. I do a lot of different things just like you do. And, you know, um, acting has always been my primary, but I do a lot of hosting stuff like uh, like this. And um, I'm going to be starting another podcast as well very soon. I talked with my uh, my girlfriend about doing a podcast with her. We were going to record some episodes while she was here, but we were enjoying our time too much. Yeah, you got to enjoy that. So it didn't, it didn't come to fruition, but it will very soon. Actually, I'm glad that we didn't do it yet because I need to uh, get some more structure on it. I, I really want to make sure that it, uh, presents us both in our story in the most, you know, human and entertaining and enjoyable way possible. Right. So I've got a lot more work to do on it, but uh, that, that podcast, uh, whatever it will become, uh, will be one of a few that I have in the boiler right, right now. So working on a lot of things. That's so cool. I have a question. Sure. This, this is a very selfish question I'm asking, asking for fun, asking for myself. Okay. Um, how do you, how do you handle like just rejection from the industry? Like how, what are your tactics? How, Cause you seem like you put yourself out there so much. And I've had this strange, like I said, I've, I've, I've dealt with a lot of rejection. My first book proposal got rejected 32 times. That's a, that's a lot when you have powerful agents and people behind you telling you it's, it's gonna happen quickly. And I used to be an actor. I still love acting. And I dealt with it. You always deal. I mean, that's just part of this whole world. Mm -hmm. I It's come up in quarantine. I've developed this like paralyzing fear of rejection. And I noticed that I haven't been, as someone who's so seasoned in it, like I can't quite get to the bottom of it. Maybe it's because you get rejected and then you're still sort of stuck at home in the feeling. And I really rely on the energy of New York to keep me uplifted. And New York has the energy kind of zapped out of it lately. So I don't know if it's that, but I lately have just not been putting myself out there because of this huge fear. We all have it. We all experience it in our own different ways. Um, I have experienced endless rejection on every level of... <laughs> 
you know, my being, uh, rejected all the time as an actor, um, in romance, uh, in just, uh, uh, you know, even though I'm a faithful and outspoken nerd, I'm often told that I'm not enough of a nerd or, oh. you know, too much of a nerd. So right, right. I get that all the time. Too edgy. Really? Not edgy. <laughs> I get that all. You're too feminine. You're not feminine. I mean, it's like, it, it, you're, you're too mainstream, Come not on. mainstream enough. It's like. Yeah. <laughs> so I've dealt with it in different ways as the different phases of my life have passed. At this point, I, I just, I honestly don't care anymore. I, you know, I go through, I get, you know, 20, 30 notifications from the various casting sites every day, like casting actors access, yada. And you know, I, I just, most of them, 70% uh, of them don't even apply to me. Uh, we're looking for uh, Latino moms. Why did you send this to me? I, I, right, right. So, but, you know, I'll, I'll go through the list and submit to all the things. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I'm, I'm numb to it. At this point, as as far as acting is concerned, I it's rare that I um, get in a room, even a virtual room, <laughs> you know. Um, and I always take the chance. I always go for it, even if I don't think that I'm necessary necessarily qualified for the role. I always take that chance. I always go out for it, and um, it just. It just goes right in the mental bin. It really does. Okay. I, I, because I, I did all those, I did all those painful things to myself for so many years, right. especially all those endless jobs that I was like, you uh, fucking, you fucking brainless idiots. Like I am perfect for this role and you right. know, and you should have cast me. And you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of depression and a lot of anger and a lot of you know uh, those those cycles that we all go through and it, uh, but now I'm just like you know I I sent the audition and I'll hear back or I won't I, you know and um, as far as romance well I've <laughs> that worked. I'm out, less so. afraid of romantic rejection than I am from uh, career rejection and I've had I've had both many times and but with romantic rejection maybe i just i've always been a little bit more career-minded than love-minded weirdly um i think it's be part of like being gay and my mom i think for so long kind of fed me and narrowed innocently and we you know we're very close i love her um but i think she inadvertently sent me a very clear message as a kid like oh you know you're gonna do acting for a while and then you'll find like a rich guy to take care of you and I always kind of knew that wasn't going to be the, the case because I was attracted to women and don't get me wrong I can find anyone can find a rich woman to take care of you there's a lot of rich actually lesbians statistically make more money than straight women which doesn't surprise me either <laughs> just knowing most lesbian 
personalities in the workplace. But um, I think I just, I, I, if there was trauma like attached to relationships and coming out and there's all this baggage that I think I, I just became more ambitious with my career. And it, it feels like much more of a blow to the soul to be rejected for my work. Because, you know, with a heartbreak, there's always that side of me that's like, I'm going to make some real good content out of this. You know, I'm going to like Alanis Morissette, jagged little pill that shit, whether that's never happened, but that's always like, a, you know, so, and out of pain, there's always this creative project that can be made out of it. But when the creative project is then endlessly rejected and I, I've gone through it again, I've gone through it, but recently I, my skin has gotten thinner and I'm like, the fuck you know it's I, I again I think it could be COVID I think it could be the world feels so small right now this is all I have it also could be the fact that my book is now out in the world and I have this very big fear of never being able to do it again because for me the book writing process was I loved it I a lot of my friends say oh it's traumatic you're gonna hate it I loved it and I've loved the feedback I've loved getting deeper relationships with my audience. And I'm so scared when I get a good thing, it's gonna go away. You know, I'm still working through that of just that it's imposter syndrome. Like this didn't really happen. Everyone's gonna find out like this was a fluke. And now, you know, I'm gonna have to go back to doing a soul crushing job and all my dreams are gonna fade to dust. And this is this was the one time it's happening. Instead of enjoying how wonderful this is, you know? It's I don't know if you've ever experienced anything like that, but. Oh, absolutely. Uh, many times. Yeah. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I toured with a group called Up With People for a year. Um, this was 20 years ago. And Up With People has been around since the 60s. They used to be a moral rearmament group, very, you know, hippie, sing-songy kind of thing. And um, they still are <laughs> um, a hippie, sing-songy group. But uh, essentially, it's, you know, they bring together uh, a group of students from across the planet. They travel across at least two continents. They perform a show. They do community involvement uh, projects, you know, wherever they travel to. And we stay with host families. And it was the time of my life, you know. Um, but it's it's also like so many creative endeavors, you know, being on Broadway or you know, uh, being a series regular on a show or whatever it is, like, unless you have that experience, it's very hard to explain that to someone who has, who has never lived through it. It's, it's right. very hard to, uh, you know, present your story as, as you lived it for someone else to understand. Right. Uh, that's, right. that's, that's why writing is so important. And, and uh, I think like, physical books are so important yeah. because you can have that that piece of that person's soul in your hands and leaf through it and highlight things and you you really get such a um uh i don't know the word i'm looking for but it's a it's a very grounded deep connection grounded. with that person so and, and what they felt their true experience you know, um, that you can go back to. I, um, and uh, so that was that my up with people experience was phenomenal, it was wonderful, it was magical. 
something that I'll never ever forget, something that was, you know, very unique to my personality and my growth as a person. Because uh, I, I, you know, I did it when I was 20 and stupid and I traveled the world and, uh, you know, got to be immersed in all of these cultures and perform this show, which was very Broadway-esque, you know, it was a huge oh. sweeping show. And as we moved across Europe, we would, we had this medley and it was kind of a regional medley. So we would change songs and learn them in the native tongue as we were traveling through. It was absolutely incredible, but no one gets it. <laughs> Whatever I am, they're like, oh, that was, well, that sounds cool. <laughs> and it sounds amazing. I mean, that sounds like my dream, honestly. <laughs> it was it was pretty cool. Um, they've reorganized it a million times since I, I traveled and I think they're only one semester now or, or something, whereas we were two, because we traveled through the Northeast and uh, the Northeast and Midwest United States, took a Christmas break and then went across Europe. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we all have those unique experiences that are uh, uh, best translated, presented in a certain way. And um, so I, I I think I should probably write a book too, <laughs> yeah, totally. if I ever get around to it. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, so you have your you have your next projects in queue. They're coming up. I You're gonna have an awesome yeah. podcast. Another great book. Um, uh, as far as like uh, you told me about your um, your podcast partner, she sounds amazing. Yeah. What yeah. other people would you love to collaborate with professionally? What people would I love? Oh my God. Um, I would say that my sort of dream collaborator would be, I don't know if you know this writer, but her name's Kat Marnell. Okay. And she is a, she, she's interesting. She used to be a beauty writer for big, you know, for big magazines. And then she got this other job at this, sort of confessional style writing um, website called Exo Jane. And she would write these really candid articles about beauty products, but they would, they would turn into her drug use. Like she was an active drug user at the time. And I think that like women are always taught that they are not allowed to talk about their experiences while they're going through them. They have to have resolved them. So women who, you know, millions of women take drugs in America, but you're not allowed to talk about it till you've gone to rehab and you're recovered and you're perfect. But I actually find that the most interesting part can be while you're actively fighting through something. So it's this wild juxtaposition of beauty product and drugs, but I found it to be so compelling and refreshing. And not only that, her talent is beyond. And then, you know, her, her addiction got worse. And then she started writing for Vice. She had a, um, a column called Amphetamine Logic. It was brilliant. And then she had, she did a have to go to rehab and then she wrote a memoir called How to Murder Your Life. It's my favorite memoir. And I just think she is the most refreshing, amazing voice. Like I, I want to, I she's my dream collaboration. She's very lucid. She's very hard to get in touch with. She does her own thing. She lives in her own world. Like a lot of creative people do, but that would probably be, you know, um, my dream. I, I really love, um, comedy writing actually I, I really do I actually feel like my biggest probably strongest chops are sort of in 
comedy writing and more in really dark, but with really dark content. Like I love to find the humor in depression and anxiety and trauma. It's the, you know, because it's been my life raft, you know, I've gone through a lot of these things. I've had trauma in my life. And the only thing that's gotten me out the other side is laughing. So I would love to, to collaborate with more people in the comedy world and more performers and bring the book to life. And, you know, the list is so long of people. I mean, I've got, I'm obsessed with David Sedaris. I would love, oh. I, he's just, and the way he performs his work. I mean, that would be like, shoot me, but I mean, that would probably never happen, but that would be my absolute, you know, dream to do. And music, I love also, I've done in the past a little bit, like worked with musicians as well. Like I love writing lyrics for them or like having performance with music in the background. So, I mean, Lana Del Rey is my muse. Oh. In my book, she's actually my higher power is Lana Del Rey. And she's a big character in the book as this fictional higher power that comes and helps me, gives me advice. So, I mean, that is my number one sad girl icon. And I would just, I like any creative that can see the sort of wild juxtaposition in things. So Lana, you've got this sadness that she writes about, but then she's got this glamour and Hollywood. And I love those two things together, like Kat Marnell, beauty products, and drug addiction, you know? So it's like these juxtapositions to me are where the best art is kind of created. So any any creator that sees that, celebrates that, is known for that is like dream. I love collaborating. Me too. I find a lot of joy in that, in those artists that have a lot of uh, dichotomy in their- Right. In them, you know? Uh, right, yeah. right. Yeah, Lana Del Rey, oh my God. Uh, like your friend? <laughs> be incredible, absolutely incredible. Right. I love her. I've got her tattoo. I've got her lyrics tattooed all over. <laughs> wow. And I like someone. I'm really committed. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <You're> right. <laughs> For life. <laughs> Have you ever seen a show called Man Seeking Woman? No. What is it? it used to be on FX. It, okay. It's um, stars. Uh, Jay Baruchel and Eric Andre. Oh, right, yeah. And it's very fantastical, but they do it, they do it realistically, um, where Jay's character is going on an endless string of dates trying to find love, and he's a hapless nerd, um, kind of an idiot. And uh, he sort of falls into a lot of things where, you know, like the first episode, he's uh set up on a date with a troll and um it it seems like something that should be animated but they did it live action and it's totally oh, that's cool. and completely off the rails and extremely sardonic i think you would love it <laughs> i'm gonna check it out man I, seeks woman man see oh man seeking woman man, man seeking woman. woman okay I, i'm gonna check that out i believe the uh there are three seasons. I, I think they're still up on Hulu. If not, let me know later and I will help you find them. But uh, just you. something to, you know, a little bit of escapism to. <laughs> right. I need it. I've been watching CNN all literally oh. for like the past 48 hours and yeah. shit is too real. Let me just say that. 
It is too yeah. real. I can't see another news reporter blowout. Like I need, I need some, I need yeah. some art, <laughs> you know? Right, right. Um, that one's really great. Also, um, the bee in apartment 23, if you've never- I love, I, I love, I love that show. I feel I like she, she and you are sort of, her character in that is, is very, um, I- Definitely back in the day, I have definitely seen her at an audition. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> she's a treat. She uh she's a hoot. Yeah, she is. Man, uh Zara, this has been incredible. I could talk to you for hours. Um, I really do want to read your book. Um I will send you a copy for sure. Please send me a copy and uh after I read through it, I'll I'll let you know what I think. I'm sure I'm gonna love it. Oh, um, I thank you for having me on such a such a big day in history, right? <laughs> I'm uh, we're making history here by talking together. Every right. time I meet someone new, it's uh, it it adds history to my life um, because right. I get to meet all these cool people. It's one of the many reasons I do this podcast because I. You know, I, I meeting right. you is, uh, I, I may, you know, you live in New York, I'm out here, we may never actually uh, right. act in the real world. So this is, uh, right. this is really cool for me. So it's wonderful to meet you. Um, where, uh, I know people can find you on your official website. Where do you live on social media? Um, I would say, these days I'm, I'm the most into Instagram, but I am also on Twitter and I do have a writer's Facebook page, Zara Berry Words. And it's actually kind of become a cool community of people. And we do talk about like mental health stuff and, you know, it's become like its own little world. And I love that as well. Um, so yeah, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Zara Berry and then Twitter is at Factory Girl, G-R-R-R-L. And it's so annoying, but I lose my verification if I change my goddamn name. And that is like Factory Girl is like from my Edie Sedgwick, like Andy Warhol loving days, which I still do, but it's like, I had to spell it with three R's. So it's like, no one can ever find me on Twitter, which is fine. Very good, baby, very right. good. <laughs> I love it. Send Zara Berry, you know? <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, thank you again for having me. I know today it's like Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I was just saying it took us a hundred million times to. I know. I know. And for it all to come together. So I, I really appreciate the time. And uh, we'll get through this together. We will. We will. And you know. I'm so excited to see your romance unfold. Thank you so much. Uh, awesome to see people happy you know it's important it's the only thing that we it's the only thing that keeps us all going right <laughs> it's a damn miracle I, right. I, it really is thank you very much um nara thank you enjoy the rest of your week i can't wait to Me read too. Your Take thank care. you bye Remember, you can follow me, as always, across all the places at Devlin Wilder. That's D-E-V-L-I-N-W-I-L-D-E-R. And Faux Real at Faux Real Pod. That's F-A-U-X-R-E-A-L-P-O-D. That's it for this one. See you on the next one.